This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. All right, let's do it. Hour two, getting kicked off with you here on the show. I'm Matt. JB is here. You are here. That is really what's most important. Like I said, if you're not here listening, watching, taking part in the show, then JB and I ain't going to be here long. I promise you that. <laughs> They'll give somebody else a shot. So I really appreciate you listening. However, you're listening and wherever you're listening from. Uh, y'all shoot me a text on the country, please, and sausage text line. It is 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. Call me. Love to hear your voice today on the Divinity phone, Divinity equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. Hit me up. Now, unnamed texter sent us one earlier, almost an hour ago, on the text line and said, I like the old intro better. You know, I'd have to say that I do too, the one with Jerry Clower and Jack Crystal. So I will, um, I like the other stuff. Like we come back from a break and you can hear some new music and you hear the guy say stuff. <laughs> I like that. But as far as the beginning of each hour, uh, we'll see if we can get the old intro in there. Because I, I like hearing, I need that sense of normalcy. <laughs> and so let's get Jerry Clower and Jack back in there for you. Uh, Ghost Pepper on the Country Pleasing text line said, LOL. Beaver does show his emotions from time to time. And if you don't believe me, just ask all the jank holes and butt puppets out there. <laughs> oh, man. The day that he threw out the jank hole thing, I, I'm talking about, I like, I doubled over laughing. And I caught him by surprise. The next day I called him that same name. I wanted him to see how it felt. <laughs> <clears throat> He just has a way of throwing it out there in the best way. Rhett says, it looks like the Army-Navy game may have trouble with the Philadelphia location due to, due to pandemic restrictions in the city. And, yeah, you know, that's another angle on all this, Rhett, that we haven't discussed on this show, but it is out there. I think a lot of people understand that it's – it is just understood, but that is some of these neutral site places. You know, you may have two teams that are planning on getting together somewhere and playing somewhere in a neutral site. You know, another example would be like, what if, you know, what if we get into November and the city of Jacksonville has an outbreak of coronavirus, COVID-19? Well, they're not taking Florida and Georgia down there if the season's still going. They're going to have to go somewhere else, right? You know, it, be, because if that city were to put in some type of major restriction and quarantine and curfew and all these different things to try to protect people in the city from it as much as they can, it would affect being able to host something there. So I think you're right. I read a little something about that last week. Jason and Flagstaff, the Pac-12 is in serious trouble with covid those players are absolutely right to ask questions. Arizona, Arizona State, uh, the Los Angeles schools, yeah, USC and UCLA, et cetera. People will die if they do it wrong, players and coaches too. And look, 
that's the thing about this is we we sometimes forget Jason that we are still living in in the throes of pre-known treatment we don't know what the treatment is pre-vaccine all this kind of stuff and um, people are going to get it it's not going anywhere it is here to stay for the rest of our lives it's here do we realize that does everybody realize that this virus COVID-19 is not here one day gone the next (laughs) it's here to stay just like the flu it's a matter of immunity and vaccines and medicines and treatments. And we're not near any of that yet. And that's the way it is. So it is scary. And we go, you know, death rates compared to population, all that. Yeah, well, it's there's more to it than just that, isn't it? And Jason, to your credit, you've been saying that for months. <laughs> Jason said, when I think of Missouri, I think of a football bouncing around a player on the goal line eventually landing in a guy's arms in the end zone. They beat number one Nebraska that night in a big eight or 12 game. No way should they be where they are now, either of them. Now, how did Nebraska fall? You know, uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of become a joke, but she's definitely more than halfway serious. The homecoming queen says, Missouri, I do not consider them a part of the <laughs> a part of the SEC. She swears up and down that the SEC should have gone and gotten Clemson instead. You know, maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know. But they're here, for sure. And it certainly is unbalanced, right? Like, Missouri is the farthest Western team in a whole con. Well, that'd be Texas A&M. The next farthest West is Missouri. But they're in the East. And Auburn is in the West. Why? Because Auburn and Georgia have to play each other every year. Got to be in opposite divisions. Well, Matt, if they were in the same division, they would play Georgia every year. Yeah, I know. And if they were in the other division, the East, then Auburn could play Alabama as its permanent cross-division rival. Yeah, I know. But then what would Alabama do with Tennessee? You see why I always say it's Auburn and Alabama. It's those two schools, partly Georgia and partly Tennessee, but it's mostly Alabama and Auburn. Because of them, it holds the rest of the country, of the conference hostage in their scheduling. It all starts with and goes back to those two schools and their fan bases. They are the reason why the SEC shoves Kentucky down Mississippi State's throat every year. It's the reason they shove Vanderbilt down Ole Miss's throat every year on the schedule is because Alabama and Auburn. Look it up. There ain't no way to argue it any other way. That's just the total and unabridged truth. Here's the other thing. I mentioned this to you earlier. I am learning a little bit more about this, becoming a little more and a little more enlightened. I don't know if you guys realized We are in a new phase of the NCAA preseason football calendar. Did y'all know? All right. You're obviously aware going back into June about the whole voluntary workout thing, right? 
Yes. We had a period of voluntary workouts. We discussed that ad nauseum, what it means and what it is and so on and so forth. Well, according to what the NCAA put out there, it started last Monday. So a week ago. <clears throat> now, one full week into what is called the, the next phase of the getting football going called the summer access Okay, that's what it's called. Access, summer access. It started last Monday. So like Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and all these schools are a week into the next phase. Well, here's what the next phase allows teams to be doing right now. Number one, uh, required summer athletic activities. Summer access. The teams and the staff have access to the players. The way the NCAA did it is they said, okay, it can start uh, 25 days on the calendar prior to the first practice date, the, re the, the real practice date in August when we're going to go out and practice. 25 days ahead of that is when they were allowed to start it. Well, that happened to be last Monday. So the players can do eight hours of weight training, conditioning, and film review per week. Again, not voluntary, as I'm reading it, required. Now, they put a limit on it. You can't do more than two each a week now. So the whole week, no more than two hours of weights and two hours of Conditioning and two hours of film, you can break it up. It can be eight total, but it can be required. That's where they're that's where they are right now. Required lifting and conditioning and film review. All right. A school whose football players are for whatever reason not able to return to campus to participate in this summer access they can continue to require them to participate in virtual activities, non-physical, but like meetings, Zoom meetings, uh, position meetings, maybe even like film sessions via those Zoom meetings online. So all of that to say, the, the best way to describe this is we went from voluntary stuff for college football players, your Bulldogs and your Rebels, to now we're in the required phase of activity. You're required to do it if you're on the team. Started last Monday. Now, as far as I know, we don't have any Southeastern Conference teams that have sent their players home or shut them out saying, we've shut down all of our workouts because of positive tests. I know there have been some positive tests at all the schools. There have been some other schools out there who have shut down their workouts for a week or two, you know, Houston a while back and others because of positive tests. As far as I know, y'all may correct me if I'm wrong. You don't have any SEC teams who are that way right now. So what's going to happen next? Remember, if we were to call it reopening or the, the phases of transitioning back into football were they were first the voluntary workouts, 
Then starting one week ago today, the summer access where now they can require them to do some stuff. The next thing on the list is this Friday, the 24th. This is a big deal, y'all. It's a big deal. And it's a major, major clue, I think, in kind of what direction it may all be headed. If the NCAA or the SEC comes in here and calls something off before this Friday, it's a major clue. This Friday, the 24th, begins a roughly roughly two-week time period of summer access with walk-through practices. Yes, meetings, but getting the team together and having walk-through practices. When the NCAA put this out there and said, we're allowing you, they haven't changed it yet. It said that beginning this Friday, the 24th, your Bulldogs and your Rebels can have required walk-through practices and meetings. And in that time period was, you know, what, 14 days before they would allow you to practice, two weeks before they'd allow you to practice. Now, there's a lot of other stuff, details in there, the number of hours that they can count once they begin that on this Friday. You know, the number of hours they can do weight training and the number of hours they can do conditioning and X amount of hours per week for the walkthrough practices. And they have to add them all up and not go over because if they do, it's a secondary violation and, and all that. Okay. But what I'm telling you is I'm circling this Friday, the 24th. Because I'm looking at it through the standpoint of a player. I was one many years ago. If I'm going through this and you tell me, Matt, you came in here and you worked out for a month on your own. You're having to, you know, dilly-dally around and call the strength coach and make sure it's open to you at 8.30 because that's when you want to come and lift weights and go run and work out with your buddies on your own and sanitize the football. You got to do that for a month. But last Monday they started a thing where I'm a student athlete. I can opt out have my scholarship honored, but if I'm on a team, that now they can require me to be there. That started last week. That's why I am right now. And I am looking forward to this Friday. If I'm a player, if I'm a quarterback, I cannot wait for this Friday. When they tell me I can get together with the whole bunch, my coaches are coaching me, and we're going through the motions of how to line up, how to make the calls, Get the call from the sideline. Where's my slot? We're trips right, we're trips left. We're motioning. The ball goes here. Coach Leach is telling me how to read the safety on this particular play. As a quarterback, I would be so excited to finally get into that. Maybe they'll even let me wear my helmet. I don't know. Face shield on it or not. But what I'm telling you all is this Friday is the day that that can start happening. Guarantee you, the players who want to play, guarantee you, the ones that want to play are really looking forward to that. I guarantee you, every coach in Oxford and Starkville and Tuscaloosa and Auburn are really looking forward to Friday because they, they all miss spring. It's a big deal, potentially. And what I'm saying is, keep your eye on that. 
if it goes off without a hitch, especially in the environment we're in, that could be a big clue. But if it gets called off between now and then, oh boy. If that gets, if that comes to a screeching halt, let's see what we're talking about on Monday. You know, and it's funny to me how many, how, how, I don't know if, you know, we're in a time period now where a lot of our sports media have just kind of gone to sleep. You know, we seem to have two major groups of sports media out there. And, and I really don't include uh, any of us here on our station. I don't really include any of us in that number. But, you know, by and large, you look at sports media, I see two different types. Somebody who's just either hammering away at conspiracy theories and how we've got to play and it's silly not to play and all this and herd immunity or the polar opposite of that of almost to the point of preaching to all of us how you know the media preaching to us how we ought to cancel 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 um truth is always kind of somewhere in the middle but it's a slow go it's a day by day thing nobody really knows for sure what direction it's going to go and that's why I think you know stuff like this when you get you know week to week because again, when you look at the time frame, the NCAA is allowing coaching staffs and schools to 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 use. We're in a two week window right now where they can require them to work out. Friday starts a two week window where they can require them to be at walk through practices. Okay, and then Friday, August the seventh, is when you can start practice. You can, schools are literally able to begin football practice according to the current framework on Friday, August the 7th. If your school starts practice, <laughs> run around hitting, throwing, I'm serious. I know it sounds crazy to say it, but if they start doing that stuff on Friday, August the 7th, there's a great chance your, your school's playing some games at some point. And not to mention, I mean, again, we're 47 days away from September the 5th, and there are games scheduled even before that then. The closer and closer we get, even the, the more heated and just controversial all this stuff is going to become, the closer we get to training camp stuff for the NFL, what is all the talk? Well, this player is saying they're rushing it. This player is saying, J.J. Watt saying they shouldn't rush us back to training camp if it's not safe. You know, there's, it's gonna, it's just gonna explode and become more and more and more of that. What about for your Bulldogs? Or what about for your Rebels or your Crimson Tide? Regardless of who you root for, because we're up against it, y'all. Talking about Friday walkthrough practices. And again, as a former player, I can tell you what a big deal that is, especially after you've missed spring practice. It's a huge deal. Jason, text me on the country pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. He says, LOL, the SEC schools won't shut down practices even if they should. They're all in on convincing the consumers, us, that they're going to play a normalish season. The statement that Greg Sankey made 
the Friday before the SEC announced, quote, no football schedule changes, hasn't lived with me. He says, uh, they know more than they're saying, I'm afraid. Then he goes, bingo, sports media is just as dumb as cable news in primetime. Well, and see, that's the thing. Jason, let me make a statement. In reality, in any walk of life, for you in the military, for me in radio, or for us in our families, or, or in any walk of life, there are times when the smartest thing we could say, the most intelligent thing we could say, are the words, I don't know. But in media, more than anywhere else, you can't find people with the guts and the backbone to actually say, I don't know. Now think about that a minute. One of the biggest problems we have in sports media is everybody thinking they must have the answer. They must have the answer now. They must make a prediction now that must stand so that they look like they know. They have to know, no, no. And if you say you don't know, like a coach at a podium after the game, oh, if he says he didn't know what happened, we're going to fire him because he said he didn't know. Well, maybe he really needs to watch the film first. Sports media, man. It started becoming a joke about 20 to 25 years ago. Well, it's had plenty of time to really, really become a joke. And it is, for the most part. Just getting started in hour two. Stay with me. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. You know, over the years when I've taken my cell phone in to C Spire to get a new one, I'm like upgrading to a new one. I've, I've actually never traded in my old ones. I've always kept them. And now I have a couple of older models of iPhones, and that's what I use to stream the show every day. <laughs> it sure is. So, like, if you go look, iPhones are incredible. You go look at the quality of the video and audio on the live stream of this show that we did, say, in the first hour on Facebook or YouTube or Periscope. Just youtube.com slash Matt Wyatt Media, uh, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Just look me up, search me. You'll see it right there. And it's pretty incredible. It's all done with an iPhone. And it's several models old iPhone at that. They really are incredible tools if you know how to use them. Yeah, and so I've got a bunch of old phones from C Spire. I have a new one that I'm using, but I'm really tempted to hop on in there and get the new, what is it, the iPhone 11? It has three cameras, three different angles or, or focal lengths and three different cameras on the back of that iPhone. I'm going to have to look into that. Yes, sir. All right. Y'all text me. Speaking of phones, y'all text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Um, all right. I, I want to go back to what Jason texted. He was referencing something that Greg Sankey said. 
And he sent me a picture of the quote here so we could look at it. Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. He says, we put a medical advisory group together in early April with the question, what do we have to do to get back to activity? And they've been a big part of the conversation, but the direct reality is not good. And the notion that we've politicized medical guidance of distancing and breathing masks and hand sanitation, ventilation of being outside, being careful where you are in buildings. There's some very clear advice about you can't mitigate and eliminate every risk, but how do you minimize the risk? Sankey said, we are running out of time to correct and get things right. And as a society, we owe it to each other to be as healthy as we can be. That's the quote. Jason, look, and that's the thing. He said it. We are running out of time to correct and get things right. Okay. And this Friday, the 24th, is the NCAA's allowable window to go have walkthrough practices. Let's see what happens. Buddy, we got, I'm telling you, I think it's a big deal. Between now and Friday, if they call it off, that's a big deal. That's one heck of a sign right there. But if they don't, I think it's a big deal the other way. I really do. Now, on that note, Mississippi Tiger texted the show, and he said, I want football, but I care more about the well-being of others than watching LSU play. If having football is putting anybody in jeopardy, I can go without it. You know what, Mississippi Tiger, I think most people feel that way. I think most, I didn't say all. What majority, I'm not sure, but I think most people feel that way. I know I do. I can go without it. You know, you don't want to. I'd love to see it, but I can certainly go without it. We'll see if the radio show can go without it. <laughs> but I think most people do feel that way. The thing is, though, where are we all as a society where do we, I know it's a pandemic. I'm not trying to make some statement about what we should do. I'm just asking a, almost a rhetorical question. Your words were putting anybody in jeopardy. Well, where is that threshold? Because I put my wife and daughter in jeopardy every single time I put them in the car and strap them behind a seatbelt. But that ain't near as much jeopardy, is it? But it is putting them in jeopardy. People die in car crashes every day. People drive like idiots on I-55 every day. <laughs> they do it. I mean, you know. And 220. And 220 at that, JB. It's a okay. racetrack. So what Sankey said is accurate. Okay, what he said is accurate. He said there's some clear advice about how can you mitigate and eliminate every risk, but how do you minimize the risk? That's what it is. If Listen, if, and I'm not making a political statement. I'm just saying we all have to think about this long term. We do. We're all thinking about it. You're sitting here as parents right now thinking about are you even going to send your nine-year-old back to school or not? Believe me, we are too. We don't know. We got a week. But if it's about eliminating risk, then we wouldn't go anywhere in our car, ever. If it's about eliminating risk, we'd never, ever walk into a school building with 500 other sneezing, sniffling, snotting fourth graders. 
a Petri dish. If it's about, by definition, eliminating risk. Folks, listen, you can't eliminate it. So, it is true what Sankey said. When he said, but how do you minimize the risk? How do we minimize it? Here's how you minimize it. Okay, it's an extreme example. I want to see my dad and put my arms around him, give him a hug, and he's in Dothan, Alabama, six hours away. So I minimize the risk by, number one, I drive a vehicle made of metal and steel. (laughs) Number two, I don't drink. Number three, I drive pretty much around the speed limit. I keep my head on a swivel at all times for six solid hours. Number four, I get rest before we make the trip. Number five, I strap them in seat belts. Yep, I do everything I can to minimize the risk so we can get there safely. Now, what is the, we have to figure out, Mississippi Tiger, what is the correlation to that with COVID-19? Okay, because it is killing folks. We don't have a proven treatment and we don't have the answers. We don't know how it's going to affect everybody. Okay, and we don't have a vaccine. We don't have medicine. We're figuring all that out. So how do we, what's the parallel? You say, if having football is putting anybody in jeopardy, I can go without it. Well, like I said, most people feel the same way. Where is the threshold? Where do we, where are we drawing the line of jeopardy? What's on this side of that line and what's on the other? Because if what we are doing, listen, if what someone is saying is that we must, until there's a vaccine, we must eliminate jeopardy then that means get inside your house and do not leave i don't want to hear from anybody a politician or any expert i don't want to hear anybody tell me that they are for eliminating any and all risk yet they're leaving their house i don't want to hear it Because it's not about eliminating it, it's about minimizing it. Does that make any sense? JB, am I crazy? No, man, because I think you're being honest. You know, there's a difference in in people spouting off things they think they know versus somebody honest and saying, you know, I, I don't know all the ramifications, but what I do know is I can take care of those immediately around me. And that sounds like what the most important thing mm. in your life is. Yeah. And, um, and I think I heard a saying many, many years ago that uh, reminds me uh, kind of what our task is called to be as human beings, especially those that, that call ourselves followers, um, is that we can't help everybody. Mm. But everybody needs help. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, there's somebody out there. You might not be able to help me with my problems, but there's somebody, you know, that that you might can help. Mm -hmm. Just like I might not be able to help Beeve do something, but I can help Jake do something. Hey, but what about this? What about this, though? What if I what if I 
take the approach of, I'm going to try my best to do my part to be in a position to help you if I run into you. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Okay, well, now we're talking about masks. I could easily, ta- I could easily lift that philosophy and place it on the issue of masks. I could do that. Well, you're an educated person, Matt, and that means when you wear a mask, you're not wearing it out of fear. You're wearing it because you're kind of smart. Yeah. You know, not only do you want to protect yourself and your family, but if you're asymptomatic and somebody else, um, you know, has that, then it, it's just you, you do it. It all boils down to me doing to others as you want them to do unto you. Sure. And consider yeah. others greater than yourselves. Exactly. Right. Um, People yeah, are like, sit, sit I don't. At the least table, place at the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, people are like, well, I don't like the way a mask feels. I don't. I hate it. You know, I don't like the way it looks or I don't like someone telling me what to do. And Okay, well, you just said I, Matt, about five times. What about everybody else? I think that's really what it kind of boils down to. Good stuff. I'm with you. All right, uh, countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We're going to do team number 54 next. We'll jump into the ACC for that one just east of here. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. On ESPN 105.9 FM, The Zone. At this time, we are proudly required to present, present more of the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. And it's streaming right now online at thezone1059.com. And on your radio on ESPN 105.9. The Zone. And Here we go. Rolling along with you, Hour 2 today on this Monday. Monday, Monday, I'm Matt in the uh, Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Monday, Monday, so good to me. So good. Monday morning, it was all I hoped it would be. Kind of tough to come back. Is it tough to come back on a Monday after vacation? You know, that's what happened with us, right? We've been on vacay. Had a great time last week. It was hot as all get out, but we had a great time. Come back to work, do three hours of radio with you here today. Uh, So glad to be with you. Y'all text me on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN or 885 Three seven seven six. Did you see here? Mississippi State is moving to mobile ticketing for 2020. You know, mobile ticketing. It sounds like those cameras they were putting on red lights, doesn't it? Be mobile ticketing. This is totally different. This is for your ticket to get into a sporting event. The release on the website hailstate.com says. Mississippi State Athletics will transition to mobile ticketing for all ticketed athletic events, beginning with the 2020 football season. You will not get a package in the mail anymore with this great big old fold-out 
tear off perforated ticket package in it. Nope. It'll be in your email inbox. <laughs> Not your mailbox. The move to mobile ticketing will provide greater convenience and a safer environment for fans. It'll offer a contactless entry into athletic venues and the ability to transfer tickets electronically, eliminating physical touching concerns prevalent during this time. Mobile ticketing will also provide an added layer of security, guarding against the production of fraudulent and counterfeit tickets. Now, I have a question. Let's check in with JB, Brother John. Talk to me. Have you ever been to a sporting event? <laughs> have you ever uh, walked up to a big, let's just, you know, like the Superdome or Davis Wade Stadium or Coliseum, I don't know, anywhere. Final Four. The Final Four. And outside, there's a man standing there in the heat with a towel thrown over his shoulder to wipe the sweat with every now and then, holding up tickets in his hand going, I got four tickets. Right here, four tickets. <laughs> or holding no. up a sign that says, I need tickets. Right, right. You ever seen that? Oh, I saw it all the time. My, my dad and I, when we would go to uh, football games, he never purchased a ticket at Memorial Stadium before the game. <laughs> yeah. We would we would always go. And we were always in by the middle of the first quarter. Uh, matter of fact, that's how I saw Notre Dame and Ole Miss. Uh -huh. We came across some folks back in 77. And uh, sat on the very top row. And I think my dad paid, um, I think face value then was maybe $12. I think he got them both for $5 a piece. What? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Right. And so, especially these days, you don't know if the if the tickets work. That's it. got the printing thing, you know. Hey, and listen, every year there are scams. Every year you hear about people who get scammed on their tickets. I mean, I'm talking about here in Mississippi. You hear about it every oh, year. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, not like... Yeah rampant but it happens well anyway what i was going to say jb is what about those guys what happens to those guys look i see them outside davis wade stadium every home game either i need tickets or here i got some tickets and so do they go away no i think they do like you and they get multiple iphones and they just give you the phone <laughs> with the ticket <laughs> these tickets come with an, <laughs> with an iphone, iPhone. <laughs> three here you go yeah, I just wonder what that's going to be like. Okay, I need tickets, and is he going to sit there, stand there, and go, "Okay, now here's my email address. Email them to me." Or are we going to Bluetooth airdrop them from one phone to the next? That means you got to give out your number. Well, no, not necessarily because you, you no, I th you can airdrop them. Yeah, like I'm just in your vicinity, and if you have an iPhone and and I have one, mm -hmm. we can both turn Bluetooth on, and I'm close enough to you. I hit airdrop and now you're one of my options I can send it to. So you're you're talking stuff to me that I I'm not familiar with. Right. Well see it's hairy because it's not as clean as I just hand you two tickets. Right. What if I pull up I want to airdrop these tickets to you and there's five different people on my airdrop with their Bluetooth turned on named John. <laughs> uh oh. Which one are you? I don't know. That's a silly thing to bring up. I'm just saying when well, I the saw, other part of it is I've got a few autographs on the back of ticket stubs mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Right. What are you going to get them to do now? Autograph your phone? <laughs> Just sign your skin and never bathe. Look, 
I know that this is the best thing. I'm not even complaining about it. I think it is absolutely the right thing and the best thing for these schools to do. I just was wondering, do those people go away? It's kind of like a, a part of game day as people hawking tickets outside of a stadium. Let's see. It says, MSU Athletics will still have a print-at-home option this season, but are strongly urging fans to go with mobile tickets. Mobile ticketing reduces frequent issues related to paper tickets, including theft, shipping delays, tickets lost in transit, and the need for an early confirmation of a shipping address. In addition, mobile ticketing will provide ticket purchasers the ability to easily transfer tickets via mobile phone. Anyway, there you go. So uh, learn all about it at hailstate.com. No more paper tickets in the near future. Kind of like the newspapers all going away, you know? Mm-hmm. The That's things right. we grew up loving, they're just taking it all away from us. That's right. I have my own newspaper in my pocket every day. It's my phone. That's exactly. That's the way it works, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a permanent paper. Well, um, the news is news is old with newspapers these days by the time you get the paper. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, I don't want to lie. I said we do team number 54 on the countdown from the ACC. Let's do it right now. It's the final countdown. 100 teams. 100 days. The countdown is presented by Matt Anderson Properties, a member of National Land Realty. Call Matt Anderson at 408-5155. That's 408-5155. Who's up from the ACC? Maybe the most boring uniforms in all of college football, but I've always thought there's a little something cool about Boston College. What do y'all uh, what do y'all think of their fight song? Not bad, huh? Oh, they're singing. Check it out. Yeah, I'm liking that a lot right there. I like that. This team right here went six and seven last year, got themselves a new coach, Jeff Halfley. He's never been a head coach before. He's going to coach Boston College this year. They lost to Cincinnati 38 to six in the Birmingham Bowl to end the year. That's how they wound up six and seven. They've been to, let's see, they went to a bowl game in 14, 16, 17. So they've been to four bowl games in a row, including the year before Iowa beat Mississippi State uh, in the Outback Bowl. The prior year, Boston College beat Iowa 27-20 in the Pinstripe Bowl. Showed in. All right, let's see. Boston College this year returned six starters on offense, nine on defense off a six-win team from a year ago. That's not too bad. And are scheduled, scheduled, I said, to begin the season in 46 days on Friday night, September the 4th. They're supposed to travel 
wrong. They're supposed to host Syracuse. They would host Ohio in week two and then go to Kansas in week three. So in week three, Les Miles and the fighting Les Miles Jayhawks of Kansas would host Boston College in week three. So there you go. Yeah, do they have a rival? Who's Boston College's rival? Career? Hey, JB, we're going into the Wayback Machine for this one, man. Talk to me when they were in the Big East, huh? Career passing leaders. You know who number one is at Boston College? Well, my knee jerk would would be Matt Ryan, but I'll probably go with one of the Hasselbacks. It'd be the little duty named Doug Flutie. Well, hey, you know, how From, can you forget somebody that small? Well, and look, how can Matt, somebody like Matt Ryan come along and Doug Flutie still is the career-passing leader from 81 to 84. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't have Gerard Phelan, he wouldn't have had any yards. Oh, man, that dude. <laughs> Gerard Phelan. Hey, do you remember the TV commercial where Doug Flutie threw a football through a window of a moving pickup truck? I do remember that. I want to go back and learn how many takes it took. <laughs> That's kind of like one of those shows they do with uh, on ESPN. They get Peyton, you know, yeah, right. Peyton, Peyton's place. Peyton's place to do some challenge yeah. or whatever. And he, well, he was doing something with Chris Collins, and he was throwing a, a football like from a 13-story yeah. <laughs> making Collins catch the ball. We were doing a radio remote one time, and I tried to do that with a biscuit. A chicken biscuit. <laughs> this guy, and he drove by, and I splatted it I all over. I remember that show. <laughs> I splatted it all over his windshield. I felt terrible. That guy never called my radio show again, either. All right. Hour three coming up. Stick around.